Remy. And we are back for another episode to talk about those first two games yep. of the NBA yep. Finals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, very Two very different games. Two very different games. I mean, we were thinking about waiting, not really, but we'll say it for the sake of this podcast. We were thinking about waiting and then... Like, how do you not talk about those games? Yeah, I mean, game one, the Nuggets look like they're, they were the bigger team. They were the faster team. They were just better in all aspects of the game. And it kind of, I think, even the biggest Heat fans were kind of like, okay, maybe the Cinderella run is kind of over. Yeah. Me wanting the Heat to win was kind of like, you know what? Yeah, they might be a little bit outmatched. It looks yeah. so outmatched. I didn't know, like, we were talking about fatigue. I was kind of thinking it looks like they got lost in the moment for that game. Like, a lot of a lot of players on their team, guys that they talk about, these undrafted guys, their dream is to make it to the NBA. Especially when you go undrafted, you just work to get back to the NBA. Right. So the dream is not the championship as much as drafted players. Yeah. Are the guarantee they're in there. So they're thinking championship aspirations. Well, yeah, a drafted player, especially a low drafted player, there's pressure. They have to get a championship. You're undrafted or even have a higher draft number. You're like, I'm happy to be here. If I make the playoffs, amazing. If I sit the bench on the playoffs, amazing. Now I'm starting in the playoffs. What? Yeah. And now I'm, you know, and, in the finals. In the finals, yeah. It's a lot. Playing with guys and playing over guys who have won championships. Yeah, Eric Spolster is a good tactician with that. Because when Lowry... We're going to talk and, about him. We're going to talk about him in a minute. Yeah. So I have not, a lot like, to say about so, him. So game one. I mean, Denver was dominant. Let's just... Denver was dominant. Yeah, they played was... how they've been playing. They're like, okay, I, even for me, as I've been saying, Denver's going to win. I'm I'm a little less, more skeptical now, but I, I felt like they played like they'd been playing and like they've been walking through this playoffs, just dominating everybody. No real challenge yet. Yeah, Nobody no real challenge until... Right. Well, we want to talk more about game one, but no real challenge until game two. Yeah. But let's so talk about I, game one. I felt like, yeah, it was just a difficult game for the Heat. Every and it, all, They had a lot of open shots. Mm-hmm. None did. of them were falling. It was just like, you're like, oh, man, you guys need to make all your shots. Right. Because if you're not making these shots, you're not winning this game. No, no. I, I, got the, feel, go ahead, I got the sense in game one, and I said this to you when we were chatting, I said, it feels like the heat, and well, there's so much noise going on in the background here. Sorry, guys. <laughs> there is that the heat and Spolstra were basically just trying to get a sense of Denver. Like, they almost didn't care. I mean, obviously, you care if you lose, but they were it almost felt like they were willing to lose 
just to kind of be like, okay, we need to watch and see what they're going to do so we can figure out what we do the rest of this series. I mean, I felt that especially in the first half, um, because towards the fourth quarter, they started to figure it out. I'm like, okay, they're starting to figure this out, but they needed that first half to kind of like gauge the temperature and be like, okay, what are we doing here? And one of the biggest things is they had the lead to seven in the game one. Mm. If they had made a couple threes in that first half, if they had made, they started missing more shots, which had the score going a little bit higher, but mm. they only lost by 11, right. which means what they did in game two, they could have did it in game one. Mm. Had they maybe in the middle or close to the third quarter started changing over their play, the fourth quarter, they were great. Yeah. And I think what we talk about in game two, their plan was guard everybody else and just let Jokic have to score. Yeah. He has to be yeah. the scorer. He's got to take all their shots. He doesn't really want to. He can score. Right. He'll get 42, no problem. Right. But he had four assists. This is a guy averaging a, averaging a triple-double throughout the whole entire playoffs. A 12, 13 assists a game, yeah. only having four. Yeah. And now... That's, that's what they talked about at the end of the yeah. game, after game two. And they were... They talked to Kyle Lowry, which was really interesting. But they also... What essentially they were saying is that that's exactly what they did. And Spolster said something in his press conference. Basically, they went back to the lineup that they had before the Boston series. And he said, we had kept going with the lineup in game one from Boston because that's what worked in Boston. But that had was not what had been working for us previously. So he said, we just went back to our old lineup with Kevin Love in the starting, starting. And that really made the difference. Like he, Kevin Love guarded Aaron Gordon, right? Or, yeah, and, then, and then that opened up butler to guard murray and because on the heat because then the risk is like do you want butler guarding murray the whole time because is he going to then be able to score or do anything else but because the heat they all can score they play by committee so it doesn't really matter yeah they just make the extra pass yeah and you know so that's that's hard to guard when the team gets going because mm-hmm. you don't know where it's coming from. So all five guys become threats. Yep. You can't really double team. Superstar teams aren't used to having to play teams like that. It's hard. Yeah. So you see them in, in like, you'll see it in like NCAA tournaments. Mm-hmm. A team that's like the low seed. Don't really have a lot of stars. They play like the number one seed that has these potential star players. And they run them out the gym because they're just playing fundamental basketball right it's motion it's cuts to the basket it's find the open man right drive and kick it's done so well the heat do it so well yeah that you know sometimes you're looking for who's going to take over and no one person takes over they just start moving the ball really well at that fourth quarter mm-hmm. even though denver start to make a comeback in game two you never thought that the heat were out of position to win the game no Felt that they no. controlled that whole game, even when they went down by twelve. Right. I was like, I feel like these guys can come back. Duncan Robinson all of a sudden says, 
He can score 10 points in six, four minutes. <laughs> and in game, and you know, in game three, Tyler Heroes should, is supposed to be coming be back. back. Which is we'll another see. 20, 20 point score, which I think they'll keep him on coming off the bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they've got their rhythm now, yeah. right? They've got their rhythm. So you don't want to mess up with that too much. But then you have this guy who's a threat and has obviously been in practice with them. So how's he going to work in to everything? I, um, I say, I say you take when he comes off the bench, you have Kevin Love and you have Bam on the court and you let these guys set him a bunch of screens and you just let him fire for five minutes and then pull him off. You what go. you get is what you get. Yeah, he's, you know, because he's not going to be the greatest on 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 defense, so that's going to thing. But I think if he can, he can give you twenty points. Yeah, that's an extra twenty points. They might be a little bit more dangerous. They're better team without him, but when it comes to the having needing special people to do special things, especially in the finals, like Jamal Murray does it because he's a sharpshooter. Like you can't really guard him. You can shoot from anywhere. Yeah. So you need a guy that can shoot from anywhere as well. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how that's gonna go. Yeah. I mean, and and game two was close. Speaking of Jamal Murray, he had that shot at the end that he missed. But I never thought he was gonna make that shot. I didn't think a lot of people were just like, he's always made that shot. I'm like, no. These guys spent so much energy trying to get that close. That shot, he probably would have made that shot if they called the timeout. Not calling the timeout and having to dribble to dribble time off the clock, it doesn't make sense to me because there's no moment. Like, it's not like he gave the ball up to go get a screen to come back to get the ball. He's just holding it. Coach Remy here with the with the when the timeout should be called. I, you know, like if, if you have a, a point guard that like can get to the basket and it's a, you, Sometimes you don't call the timeout. Or you have a point guard that has the ball in his hand and you're getting screens for somebody else, you maybe not call the timeout because point guard is is you on the court. Mm -hmm. But Jamal Murray is a two guard. He's only there to score. Yeah. So, like, even, like, why not take the early shot? You miss, take take the quick two, foul again, send them to the line. Then call the timeout. Then go for the three. I don't know. I just think there's so much. I'm not a coach. <laughs> you want to play that? You as we Monday morning, well Tuesday morning quarterback the the end of game two. Yeah, I just, I just, I've always thought that about like NBA games, things of that nature. First of all, why don't the Heat just foul, right, and then make them take two shots and get the ball back? Right, because you got time. Yeah, wait till, wait till there's four seconds foul. But because they knew he was going to miss, because they knew they could defend him to get him to miss. But you, why would you take that risk? And they never understood. I know because it's hard to foul players when you know they're going to shoot. Because when they see you coming, they're going to shoot, put the shot up. Yeah, but maybe that's probably what it is. But I always thought like I'd rather them just take the go, make him have to take that two pointer. Mm. I don't know, man. I'm not an NBA coach. You're not an NBA, yeah. There's, (laughs) we are not, we are not NBA coaches. But the coaching, I mean, I think the coaching has been really good in these games. I mean, Spolstra is just, well, he's yes, a good coach. Like I, I really, 
Now, really. here's, here's my thing. Has Denver's coach been a good coach? That's, that's This is the part that is probably going to define the series. Can he make adjustments against Spolstra's adjustments? Because Spolstra is very much like could do this very well. All day. All day. He's done it his whole career. It's I've just... watched games where they're playing teams and they're down by like 15 and he puts this rat, like somebody on the bench hasn't played in four or five games into the game and literally watched the whole game change. Yeah. he He's, he's a good tactician, but you know, it comes from him being the video guy first in that, in that organization and going up those steps. He has a mind for the whole entire game. He watches tape probably different than any other coach just because of how much tape he's watched. Well, and he also, you know, he, he comes from, I think I was reading about him and I think his grandfather was a sports writer. His father was a play. Was his father a player? Or I think his father father was an executive. His father was an executive. So he's been, just in it and on that side, on the analytical side of the game all his life and around people who talk about the game, not as a players, but as like, let's analyze how they play. Yeah. So that's a different, it's a different mindset. You know, it's it's similar, but it's, it's different. And I think, you know, he's, he can have, he has that vision that maybe a lot of other coaches don't have. And I think too, there's something to be said for a coach staying at an organization for a while. This is something I wanted to talk about on this episode is it's not about the games, but you have this game of coach musical chairs happening in the NBA And okay, cool. Maybe they're just doing something else. Maybe it's just about coaching in the league. Fine. But I think there's something to be said about just staying at an organization and really figuring it out. Figuring out, building the culture, going through those steps. And when you're always, one, if you're always afraid you're going to lose your job, you're not going to be as good at your job. Yeah. That's first first and foremost. And if you're always like you're moving, you're with different players, you don't really get to build something. And so I think the part of the value for him, yes, he's skillful, but he's also been able to be with the same team for, you know, his whole career, basically. And I think that makes such a difference. And I, I wish there was a, I, w- I, I don't know. I, I think there's a discussion to be had on whether all of this coach switching and firing is, is a good thing or not. It's like, well, it, and some of these teams, you just want to say to them, like, just cause you didn't get to the NBA finals doesn't mean you're a bad coach and your coach should get fired. Sometimes it just right, doesn't right. go your I way. Think, I think <laughs> two teams that I think, the firing was kind of well. One team, the firing was, I think, was warranted. To me, it was going to be Doc Rivers. 
Yes. Right. I can see that one just because he's he, he's never done it since Boston. So you're, he's had no. He's it, a different it, case. He's had his chance. Yeah. And he's I obviously think, there's something about he probably yeah. shouldn't be coaching in the NBA at all. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think Nick Nurse would have been with the Raptors had he not made those comments about in that press conference, ironically in Philadelphia, about you know being there ten years and he's got to look at it and he's not sure. Your team is at a point where they're like playing to get into the play-in, to get into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. And it's a ser- it's a big game. It's like the last six games of the season. Yeah. And you bring uncertainty into the organization. Yeah. Any boss is going to look at that like maybe we need to go a different direction. Right. That that, that is what it is. But Monty like, Williams. Well, that would fired. question like, do you want to be here? Yeah, right. If Mon- you're saying stuff like that. Monty Williams getting fired made no sense to me. That yeah, that one was ridiculous. right. They didn't even have a full year to play together. Yeah. And you could have just easily added a point guard like Fred Van Vliet to the mix. And they you know what I mean? Like there's so much things that they could have did. So I didn't understand that one. Yeah. Who else got fired? Well, M- Milwaukee, Bonehauser. That was tough. That's a tough one. That was a tough one. I, I again, it's not like they're losing, right? Yeah. They just it was just a they just made a it was a co- it was a big coaching mistake, right? To not have Giannis guard Butler, honestly, because Giannis is your defensive player of the year guy. Why would you put him on Butler? Butler was scoring like forty points. Yeah, you know, but I think yeah, I think it's. I don't know if it's that a lot of these coaches are just face coaches. Mm. So the organizations don't really have a marriage to them or new ownership comes in and they're kind of like, this is not the coach we want kind of thing. Well, the, It's the players. I think it's the players coming. And in. the players. And you have to be nervous because you're making a big investment money-wise into these players. Yeah. So when they tell you like, I don't think this coach is the coach to get us to the finals. As the as the owner, you're like shit. I don't want to lose my investment of two hundred and fifty million dollars. And and you're looking at it. Is this guy okay? I like this coach, but is this coach gonna? Is this player gonna listen to this coach? And you know, we go back to the the thing with Miami when they had the big three era, and they don't say who, but obviously it was probably LeBron. It was LeBron. Things yeah. said it. It was like didn't yeah. want Spolster there after I think they didn't win. They were the like two year. and two and eight or something at the beginning of the season. Yeah, or something like yeah. yeah something and he like didn't that. want him there. And Pat Riley was like, "You don't tell me." Yeah, but you went, even if you went into Pat Riley's office and you go, "You don't tell me how to run my team." Yeah, go out there, go out there and fucking play. I don't even yeah. know. This is the see. This is the thing. LeBron is a great player, right? But. If you can't humble his, like, it's not his fault. The ego within him is how he, that's how he plays the game. Right. If you well, don't want to humble that, then he, he's always going to be, like, he did it to them. Remember they had that coach in that Cleveland? was coaching Cleveland? And they were, like, they were, like, top of the league, and he got that guy fired. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then he, they, win the, they end up winning a championship. But, mm-hmm. he like, you know, he did he, 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 he destroys organizations. He's like Thanos with these guys. <laughs> like he wins with them, but he leaves them like bloodied up at the end of it. Oh, th- this is why, you know, there's all this talk with the Cavs 
And people will say, oh, you know, bring back LeBron. Does LeBron want to come back and play with this better, especially when LA was not doing well and all Mm -hmm. of this stuff. And, you know, on one hand, you can say, yeah, if LeBron went back to Cleveland, Cleveland is the team it is now, they would, you know, they'd be in the conference finals, maybe even in the finals, right? But there's no way Dan Gilbert or anyone in the Cavs organization wants to deal with him. The, the only way they would sign LeBron is if it's a free agency. So they don't lose any assets signing this guy. If the free agency, but but he is going to make anyone now that signs with him sign his son. Well, I would yeah. sign Bronny, though. Why not? It Why not? Big, it was just big ticket sales, sold out shows. You know? That's true. That's true. That's but true. so, but it's going to uh, be it, it, again your organization after they leave. What do you What are you left with, right? And um, I think, and there's, I, I think, I think it's just the league has to look at how they let teams trade star players, hmm. right? So it should be you shouldn't be able to trade picks for star players. It should be bodies for bodies. They have to be on the team. But what? Because that way. determines the star player? Well, the the salaries have to match. So matching salaries. Oh, okay. So that way, if if LeBron says, I want to go to a team, that team has to trade value back to the other team. So you don't yeah. get to be a super team with a trade. You have to give up something. It yeah. would make owners not give anything up. Yeah. Right? It would always level the playing field. It's because some yeah. owners, you know, you don't have star players on your team. Nobody's making $30 million. The players, that's what I was saying. The players, there's got to be some type of better compensation so that the trades don't sway a team. To a champ, like you can't trade for a star. Basically, I don't know how they would do that. I can't even say how they would do that, but like, but then if you're a player, you kind of get right. But you signed the contract to that team, so don't sign that long contract. You're signing for five Mm -hmm. years because you want the big salary, right? Right. Right. If your team is underperforming, that's as much on you as it is on the team. You are the leader of your team. So a lot of those players end up going to teams where there's another leader or star. Right. So they don't have to be the leader or star. They could just play. With the big contract. With the big contract as well. I see, yeah. Right? There is empowerment in being a player and being able to play where you want to, but is that what they're actually doing? Right. You know what I mean? Like, or is it they're they're trying to get the biggest contract and then go pl- and then go relax and be able to play longer in the league because you could sit behind not having to play every night. Right. I do yeah. think it's I do think the newer players will be more inclined to stay with the team that assigned them. There's more incentive. There's like 100 million dollars on the table basically when you leave. Mm. You know what I mean? So why would you leave that? Then I looked yeah. at they had something with the breakdown of NBA contracts for the year. Yeah. And it was, they did Jokic and Butler's. So next year, Jokic is going to make $46 million on paper. 
he's going to have to pay $12 million in federal taxes, mm-hmm. another $3 million in Colorado state tax. Then he's got to pay his agent a million. Then he's got to pay something else. And then it was a jock tax of like $2 million. So basically... And, and he probably has to pay taxes, by the way, depending on his situation. I would assume he has to pay taxes to Serbia. They don't have a tax thing like that. I don't think so. But I mean, he, he that's probably could take a million or two. He probably paid that already. But this I is mean, American side. Like, I know if you're like an American, say, and, and this is what you wonder with the Raptors players, for sure, the Americans playing with the Raptors have to pay their U.S. taxes. For sure. Yeah, so, so what the, what, what I, know, I, I know, what, I know that I'm very aware of <laughs> what the, what the, what they end up doing is they, they backload their, like, how do they get out of that one? They, they back, they, they, they pay for it. They backload their, their pay. So you get a chunk of, you get less money during the season when you're in Canada. So you pay less taxes here. So, oh, and then you spend the rest of the then time when you get down there. You get paid a lump sum when you're already there. So if you're out in June, you get a lump sum of the rest of your contract. And they're traveling so much that. But but because of Michael Jordan, I was reading this today because of Michael Jordan, they do this jock tax thing where every state that you play in could tax you for playing there. Basically, yeah, look for it. It's a, it's a serious thing. So it ends up being. I mean, based I, I on believe it. Like, because I know some of the weird tax yeah. stuff that, like, anyway. It's, it's just because that player is coming into the city, right? If you're you're a star, like you're a player coming in, they've got to pay. People are taking the buses. People are doing this. People are doing this. They're looking for money for everything, so they tax you. So Jokic has to pay two million dollars in that tax. So his forty six ends up becoming twenty eight million. Right. By the time he's paid all his tax stuff, not and then he's got then he's got to pay the rest like Serbia stuff in Serbia for his houses for all these things. Oh, Jimmy again, Butler. That money goes fast. I'm sure when you're running because you're you're running. I get it. You're running an organization, right? So that that contract doesn't just pay for your life. Your you know, your one house or two houses or your, your, your family that pays for your, your manager, your agent, your trainers, your, your, you probably have somebody cooking for you, preparing your meals. Cause you've got to eat a certain diet. You probably have specialized doctors, you know, like all of these things mm-hmm. that, that you're, you're basically running an organization. I mean, not just that you have your managers, your manager has an assistant, your, Manager has a, you have probably have your own marketing person, or you've hired a marketing person or agency to do that. I mean, I know like then there's the foundation you have to pay for to get out of some of your other taxes. So you know whatever you have to pay but, in that. But Jokic can't do it like the American players can because he's not an American citizen, so he doesn't have those same rights to those. He, that um, organization would have to be in Serbia and be governed by those. He doesn't get American citizen tax break laws. He's an international player. Really? Yeah, it just doesn't happen. It's just like, like 
So the advantage, the players that get oh, the most advantage are, the, are Canadian players in the NBA. Right. They got the biggest advantage. First, the money is more money in Canadian dollars. Yeah. Right? So they'll get a For little sure. bit more. It's not right? always like that, but the past several years, it's been yeah. like that. Yeah, with the exchange Plus, rate. They get money back. They pay the taxes here, and they get some of that money back from the Canadian government. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they, they get money back. I think Serbia probably does that too. But Jimmy yeah. Butler makes more money than than Jokic, Jokic because Miami has no state tax. It's Florida. <laughs> oh, yeah, Florida. Good old Florida with no state tax. They probably should have a state tax. It might help. The they situation. don't need it because they make all that money from Disney Road. He doesn't understand. For how, you see? For, for how long? For how long? See what happens? See what happens? Florida was smart. They they made all that money because so much people were coming. They could tax Disney based on an enormous amount of people coming in there. And you've got some guy that's... He's never going to do nothing to Florida. He basically just was running on that. I'm a big guy and I could turn these companies upside down if I want to. And That's a good. horrible platform. But, I mean, it's him, Trump, and Mike Pence. I mean. Hang my head. Anyways, let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about yeah. that. Let's not talk no about. No politics in sports. Sorry, no, to- no politics. The Michael Jordan rule. Or yeah. Phil Jackson rule. That's, anyways, let's. <laughs> moving on. Uh, yeah. Game, like, I, I, I mean, it's. It's. Where were we? Now we have gotten so off topic. I don't I got know. It, I got game it, I got it. Three. So, game, game three. three. Game, game three. three. We're back to game three. Yeah. How are you feeling about game three? I mean, it's in Miami. What is their record in Miami? Miami's home record. They're not like Boston, who can't win in Boston. Oh, no. Miami wins in Miami. Exactly. So... Miami and, wins in Miami. And Denver's going to uh, be like, oh, I have Denver, to play basketball. I can be on the, the beach. Oh. Listen, this is the Oh, the problem. altitude is lower here. Maybe. The altitude is one foot compared <laughs> you know, to 575 feet. People don't understand how, how real that is. Like this is another debate I saw on after the game, game two. And, you know, obviously you have players that are like, the altitude, it is a real thing. Actually, after game one, other players are like, that's it's BS. You know, if the altitude was a real thing, why hasn't Denver won a playoff yet? I think Charles Barkley was saying that. Well, here's I, the thing. The reason that they haven't won the championship is because you don't play all the games in Denver. Right. And Denver hasn't been the favorites when they're in the playoffs either. So they've right. had to eventually play them. They've won games in Denver. They'll win yeah. the Denver games. Yeah. But eventually they'll come up on a team that has a better record than them. Yeah. And the team just has to win away. But it's a real thing, you know. I've been to Denver. The air is different. You get higher when you smoke weed in Denver. (laughs) I, yeah, no, it is. Where was I? I was somewhere. Was I out like in Banff or somewhere? I went somewhere and I I did notice, like, you're like, I'm breathing a little, you're getting tired faster. You notice it even when you go north in Ontario. You know, yeah. the more north you go, the higher the altitude is. But we used to go to like Collingwood to go to go skiing. 
you can yeah. tell the air is different. You, you don't breathe it the same. Yeah. But I mean, I think like it's not an excuse the players could use because you go to Denver twice a year minimal anyways. So you should know what that's going to do to you. Yeah. Already. Yeah. But I, I mean, I Denver uses it, Denver use it to their advantage because what they try to do in the first quarter is run every team to the ground down. Right. And, yeah. and see what happens. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so Miami's, you know, you know, the lower altitude, maybe Denver will be like, they'll just get like an oxygen listen, rush and just be real heady. Listen, and like, <laughs> you can't, you can't even be in Miami and not party. Well, this it's is not, okay. this is the not thing. happening. They're gonna, this is more the problem. This is always, I think, the problem or the advantage New York has sometimes when teams go to play in New York. Teams go and play in New York. And they're like, oh, 4 a.m. last call. A lot of places in the U.S. don't have that. You know, they have 2 a.m. They're not like, you're not out partying in Cleveland. Come on, let's be real. <laughs> but you go to New York and you're like, oh, I'm seeing my friends. I'm seeing this person and that. I'm going out to the club and staying out late. And the next day, you have to play your game on Sunday, Sunday evening. And you're playing like <laughs> 1 p.m. 1 p.m. on Sunday, you're you're playing like shit and like garbage. That's why the Knicks always beat teams on the matinee games because they're already yeah, because they know they know. And you know it's a mid-season game; you don't have to win it. So like you're like "Mm, a game I don't have to win versus partying. I'm gonna go party now. You're in Miami for the finals. There's a lot of temptation. There's the beach. There's the club. It's hot. Summer. It's Miami. It's Miami. You're in Denver. You're in Denver. There, there, where, is there a beach in Denver? <laughs> no. no. I was no. There's no beaches in so, Denver. That's why the bubble, as much as people don't like to count the bubble's championship, I'm like, that's why the bubble was no. the best. The bubble is like every, the real see, championship because there's was no there. other factors. Everybody, you eliminated yeah. all the other factors that yeah. Like, only thing I would say just play basketball. I think the NBA should bubble put, the playoffs. Put them all in a bubble. <laughs> now everybody's gonna say that like revenue for the home teams and stuff. Yeah. You could still have fans. It's just fly the players the can't in. leave. No, 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 they they have to fly themselves in. Oh my god. That would Pay be for your own ticket. You'd sell out every single game. You could you'd sell, sell out, out every single game. Like, you you know what you'd right? have to do? You'd have to switch where the bubble was every time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's bubbles so in a different place. Yeah, like the way the Super Bowl is. And you'd have, to, you know. <laughs> it's always on neutral ground. But Finals you couldn't have it. Ground. Like, there's no way you could have it. Like, you, you just can't lock players down like that, even in, say, say you have a bubble. And, you I, could do it. You could do it in a four-game series. Not yeah. the whole playoffs, the, the but players are not four games, like 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 how like how the Super Bowl is. You play in the other. You you don't. You only play it. It's neutral ground for the final game. Right. It should be neutral ground for the finals. So you give a city. Every city gets a chance to host the NBA finals. You're never like going to be the home game. team hosting. Yeah. Or bubble the All Star Game, like put that in in, in Disney World. That would be pretty good. Stop bringing it to these cities. You know, some cities. Who's who's All Star Game next year? Who was it this year? 
Utah. Utah. What am I talking about? Does Utah need a thing? For the year before it was so Cleveland. The year before it was Cleveland. Cleveland deserve, but they have they have Cleveland has a ring. They're a ring. They're a championship team. They deserve. And Cleveland is a sports awesome town. Idea. Like Cleveland is a sports town. Sports town. It has, yeah, and it definitely. has the rock and roll. College sports are so big. You know, it has all the teams. It has, you know, whatever. But I don't know. Like I, I don't know how my my, my 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 whole rant with with yeah. having it in Utah was that you had to give spotlight on the players that have a checkered past, like Carl Malone. Right, you would have to go because he's, you know what I mean, and that yeah, was like there. he played there, and that was a lot for a lot of people because not a lot of people know the Carmelone story, and I'm not gonna say it here, okay? But that was a little bit more of like it was Hard. a sort sour note on the NBA because you're like, do you know what this guy did? And none of you guys don't even give a shit. You guys are just right. praising him at that time. Right, they're lucky right. that women didn't bust down that door, right? I mean, there's so, a lot of that was my only thing. That's a that's a different conversation you know? we're not gonna have. Yeah, right I'm now. I'm not gonna do it. I don't like I don't like Carmelo Nash. I mean, really, who does? I yeah. guess yeah, Utah. Um, I think I think the Heat are gonna win Game Three. I think they're gonna. Win. I think so too. I think that I'd be I. I, I when we talked about, it, I said if you let them get one in Denver. It's going to be hard for them it, not to at least go back to Denver two two. I I don't right? I don't think you're wrong about that. I mean, I think you are. I, I thought of you when they won Denver that left, game. I was like, oh, Remy. You if know? Denver, if Denver doesn't get one of two, it's done. It's done because you're giving them two. Like again, Miami will lose probably one or two. Like. I wouldn't want to play game seven against Miami. I'll play it against Denver because I know who's going to beat me. But Miami, I don't know who's going to beat me. Like <laughs> Struess, Robinson. Like who's going to get Vincent hot? could just drop 35 points. Hell, Kevin Love could get hot. Jimmy, it's not going to happen. Kalari could start Kalari. hitting those shots and get hot. Like, ah, man, the team's so tough. But Denver, <laughs> you know who's going to shoot all the time. Right. They're just predictable. And it, yeah. you could see in game two how frustrated Jokic was getting because he just couldn't do what he normally does. Because he normally, you're exactly he, was, he, he goes into the paint and he passes it off. And he's really good at that. He's really good at yeah. that. And you just, he couldn't do it. And like, it's it, like, he looked frustrated. He looked very frustrated. Like, like, oh, yeah. oh man, they're making me do what I don't want to do. Killing the guy, man. Yeah, he's like, I just, I just want to come in here. Yeah, yeah a little bit move real slow, and, and, throw up a few shots, pass the ball and when off, he made the, and now and you're ruining my passes, day. What? When he didn't make the passes, they weren't hitting the shots because they weren't in rhythm anymore. Yeah, because he hasn't made a lot of passes either. So it was good, good on, good on Miami for for doing that. Yeah, being they, able to ruffle their feathers a little bit. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, maybe Denver will will adjust and and figure out what they need to do to 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 you know to figure it Win. out. Win, maybe. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. We'll we shall see. see. So Wednesday night, game Wednesday game night. three. We will be watching. 
And that's it for this episode. We think we talked about a lot of things. And I have a work meeting coming up. <laughs> we have other things to do today. Yeah. We'll, we'll be watching the game. Subscribe to this podcast. Yep. Wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribe to us on Substack because then you get it in your email box. So if you're on Substack, even if you're not, subscribe to us. Check us out there. It'd be awesome if you did because, yeah, then you'll get this right in your email box every time we put up a new episode. So you don't have to, you know, follow me on Twitter. Although you should follow me on Twitter too and talk about basketball with me. But yeah, we will see you next time. See you next time, guys. Yes. Peace. We are adding something to our episode because we had a very good idea and Liz has six minutes before her work call to do this. But we're asking ChatGPT who they think will win the Miami Denver game. Because we like asking ChatGPT questions. Yeah, we do. And some, you know, ask it dating advice, love advice, who's going to win a game, who I should bet on, who's going to make the first shot. Could do all your betting. All right. So I asked it. Yes. And it responses as follows. As an AI language model, I do not have access to real-time information or the ability to predict future events. My knowledge cutoff is in is in September 2021, and I cannot provide updates on specific sports events or predict it, predict the outcome of the Miami Heat or Denver Nuggets in the NBA Finals. Huh. And it says I recommend you check sports sources or watching the games on your own. What? Why can't it though? It has. It doesn't have. It doesn't have any real time information. So they cut it off at interesting. They cut it off at September 2021. That's disappointing. So how <laughs> I mean we could ask well we'll have to ask it more questions based on you should say based on information before September 2021. Do you think <laughs> Denver it was, it, no because they won't be able to predict the future? That's a key thing in there too. You can't ask it a question about the future. It won't. It won't give you the data. It could generate the data for you, but they they have something a limiter in there, so it won't do it. That's too bad. I I want to have some some. I'd like to have conversations with AI about like what it predicts for the future. Like, come on, like how are you useful if you can't tell me what the future is going to (laughs) be? Don't you you watch Back to the Future? No one should know too much about their future. True. True. All right. Well, that's all. We wanted to add that little tidbit. And we will see you next time. (laughs) Bye.